This is the Pool Together Community Podcast. Pool Together is the world's number one no-loss prize savings account. You can visit pooltogether.com to deposit. You're listening to the Pool Together Community Podcast. I'm your host, Millie Yearly, a.k.a. Hot Mike, a.k.a. Tim, a.k.a. I'm one seltzer in today. That's my seltzer update for you. And I'm here with Nick from Hats Protocol. Nick, thanks for thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. So tell me, how did you... So your Discord username is Ninty Nick. So let's talk about that first. How, how, what's that all about? Yeah, it's, it's an old gamer tag. And when I first, uh, when I first started spending all day in Discord and, and kind of Web3 stuff, 2021, it felt exactly the same way as when I was spending all day in Ventrilo playing Counter-Strike and Call of Duty and World of Warcraft. So I just kept the same name and, and kind of as an honorarium to, uh, to the child self there. A lot of you got to do it. You got to do it. See, my gamer tag was poop on Satan, like S eight N. And so I come from a very sheltered Christian home. And, uh, and so that was my gamer tag, but I, I haven't, I haven't used that cause it's got poop in it. And, and then, you know, anyway, but props to that ninty Nick. And then my current discord name is Millie yearly. Cause I am projecting, I, I I'm, I'm manifesting a million dollar prize for pool together. I think that if we're able to have million dollar prizes, I think everybody in crypto would be like, "Yeah, I got to have ten bucks and pull together." Nice. So that's, How yeah, are you? that's. We're at five thousand dollar prizes right now. But listen, if we get if we if we get that TVL up with this new V five that's coming out, uh, I think I think we can see it easy peasy. Especially you can deposit whatever you want into pull together with this new version. So and it just doesn't have to be boring USDC and Ave. You can you can deposit whatever you want as long as there's a four six two six yield source. So I think that'll beef up beef up the stakes. I also have to confess that I bought a Mega Millions ticket uh, yesterday, so I am I am shamed. But I will publicly confess that I didn't win the one point five billion, but I did pay the two dollars. That's what Pull Together is trying to do: is like, don't do that. Just save and win. That's and then and then you can withdraw whenever you want. This is not an ad for Pull Together, though. We're here to talk about Hats Protocol. So Nick, you said you live in Discord, and so do I. And uh, I was just in a BD group, and they were talking about email. I'm like, email. I feel like you're doing crypto wrong if you're emailing. You got to be in the Discord. You got to be in the Telegram. But I want to hear your origin story. How did you go from Counter-Strike to crypto? Yeah. So Counter-Strike was a long time ago. I was I was playing Counter-Strike maybe in high school, like 2008, 2009. And I, and I was shortly after that where I, you know, I was playing other RPGs and people were starting to trade trade gold. Uh, not items really at the time for this weird thing called Bitcoin. And I ended up buying a little bit of Bitcoin at the time and, and uh, didn't, didn't hold. So it doesn't really matter, but that was my first exposure to it back in 2011. And then in 2014 or 2015, I had some friends around the MIT media lab who were hosting Ethereum events, talking about kind of like what was cool about smart contracts and, and kind of blowing my mind. I, I studied computer science, so it was, it was like technically interesting to me. And then it, it was like uh, maybe 2017 when I really learned about DAOs. Some of the same folks in the Ethereum community in Boston started to tell me about decentralized autonomous corporations, DAX. And I was studying, I was beginning to study AI and, and getting like deeper into AI research. and this idea of a DAC as a kind of like an AI managed company uh, was very, very, very interesting to me. 
and that that was the the first time that I started like really tracking hearing the kind of the horror stories of what had happened with the original DAO and then kind of starting to track what was going on with DAO stack and colony at the time and then Aragon and just seeing okay where you know what's happening here I worked on an AI research project for a few years following that, really like a collective intelligence project around group decision making, but not using the blockchain and ended up stopping working on that, kind of running out of money for that startup in end of 2020, beginning of 2021. And I was starting to look around, see what's going on and ran into folks from Raid Guild and Metacartel and Niran from Panvala was hosting this thing called DAO Rush Week. And it was a way for people who were interested in DAOs to like see all the all the DAOs, meet with them for an hour and kind of like see which ones you wanted to join. And that's when was that? That was in the beginning of 2021. I think he had done a few of them. DAO Rush Week. That's awesome. That's a concept we should definitely bring back. But that's how I met Ben from Raid Guild and Metacartel and kind of got exposed to the the like World of Warcraft Dungeons and Dragons themed freelancing collective that Raid Guild is, and I also saw like how effective that they could be to make money together and and get shit done together. So that was my real entry point into Web three. And then how did Hat start? Yeah, so I kind of I kind of zoomed in on okay, what are the problems that Raid Guild is facing? What are the problems that other DAOs are facing? And it's like oh, governance is a huge problem. Okay, that's kind of obvious. You zoom in from there, okay, what's what's kind of the the, the problem within that problem? And it, I thought it was reputation. I started working on basically like try, how, how to quantify people's relative level of expertise um, so that we can empower them or, or like make decision-making governance easier because you know kind of who the best person is for, for a given job. And that when I heard about DAX in 2017, it was this early promise of like, well, of course, like the person who's the best fit for the job is going to get the job and then they'll do the job. And then it'll, you know, the the kind of AI management of this company will keep reassigning the jobs to people to make sure that it's like coordinating all of the work that it needs to do to get to accomplish its goals. And that promise is still, you know, at the time was like very much an, an unmet promise. And even today, you know, that's still something that I think is really, really compelling, but we're kind of working towards. So in, in Raid Guild, I met Spencer Graham, uh, who was also working on Dow House at the time, and we prototyped a mechanism together called Availability and Commitments. And it's, it was all about uh, tracking people's commitment to a specific project, which in Raid Guild is called a raid. You know, you get together with a couple of other devs, a designer, project manager, and you serve you serve a client need just like in a, any sort of like agency format. But it's, you know, some people are anon or, or they're new to the DAO and actually like holding them accountable to their work was something that it didn't go wrong that often. But it, when it went wrong, it went really bad because, like you know, just like you're, when you're in school, you have a project uh, and someone doesn't do their pull their weight on the project and you have to figure out how to, you know, cover the cut, cover the, the slack or, you know, kick them out in, in the worst case scenario. So there's that, that accountability piece. 
and also the clarity piece, like who who is supposed to be doing what parts of this work and and really thinking about how to track that in a DAO way, net down native way and on chain, as opposed to just like in GitHub, you know, issues or, you know, like a Trello board or something like that. And then following that, basically where we landed was that a lot of DAOs were facing that same problem. And it was April of last year where Spencer kind of hit me with the message. He's like, I, I think I got an initial architecture for this thing. It was like a diagram sent via Discord for accountability, eligibility for certain hats, admin authority over those hats, um, and and very kind of like very similar to what we ended up building. And it's all been yeah, it's been it's been really wild journey to see the level of engagement and and, and excitement around having a solution to this problem and and just how painful this problem is for for a lot of DAOs even today. What a great story! And so. I have like five questions, but I will I will control myself. But I still have to ask this one question, which is kind of a rabbit trail. So you were at MIT, I assume, just because you were talking about it. I was not at MIT. I, I went to Northeastern University in Boston and uh, nice had a great experience there. Yeah. So that was my question was going to be uh, how many people at MIT are actually go to MIT? Because <laughs> I, I I talk to so many people that like are involved and in the circle of MIT, but like not at all didn't go there or whatever. So that was like my first, like, can you, you just sneak in there? And and that's actually like the best play. Anyway, that was my question. Anything, anything to say on that? Anything to confess? Oh, you can, you can sneak into most universities. That's if you're, if you're not, if you're looking for the learnings and the community and not the, not the, the degree, the credential, the whole world opens up for you. And uh, Stanford, MIT, you know, these, they're amazing kind of, you know, tens of thousands of in- incredibly smart, innovative people who are just like hanging out. And even if it's just going to the bar in Kendall Square, you're going to meet like random, really sharp people that, that um, are going to be interesting to talk to. So those are like intellectual hubs. And in particular, MIT had a, had something called the Enterprise Forum, which I don't, I don't know what the name of it anymore, but there was I was a member of the Innovation Council for the the Enterprise Forum, the MIT Enterprise Forum, and we were hosting these Ethereum events. One one was called the basically like blockchain and energy or something like that. I had a friend who was kind of like very, very, very uh, bullish on Ethereum in 2014 who wrote me into it and taught me a lot about ETH and sent me some of my first crypto beside Bitcoin. And... Um, yeah, I mean, that was just like there were maybe 400 people who came to that conference and were hearing about like how we could rework energy supply chains using Ethereum. And just like it was so interesting to like try to you know, we're in that era. We we're explaining what is a smart contract like, oh, why is a smart contract interesting? So, yeah. So just, you know, if you if you want to meet smart people, go to where smart people hang out. That's the that's the key thing. And and especially with like YouTube taking over education generally like just how you can learn anything you want on the internet now it still doesn't like you still need a community like it's really great and you can have a distributed community you can have like you know a digital community this like being joining people on raids and such you know you're able to surround yourself with smarter people than you and kind of level up your game well that's that's awesome i would also since we're dropping alpha i think all these like Ivy League schools or whatever, you can also transfer into them much easier than applying as a freshman. That's another thing. Nice. Okay. So you said that, oh, AI governance, like, or AI, sorry, AI management of companies. Are you for reals right now? Like, how does that's, can you, can I just like tell me 
convince me on that, sell me on that, because I'm thinking like management is like super hard. I love management because I love people and I love like, you know, uh, I think like in like talking to somebody who's on your team and like getting into their head and knowing their gift set and knowing where they want to go and helping them do that is like the best thing ever. I love that. But how is a robot, like how is AI going to do that? That's one one thing. And then second of all, second of all, you were talking about like just making sure people are contributing, right? Like if you're paying them to do something on a team or you're paying a team to do something, how are you able to track all of that? Because that sounds oppressive to me. I don't want the tracking. I just want the trust. And then like I want to deliver. So I know that's a big bundle of stuff, but you, uh, Nick, with your AI brain, if you could just unpack that and turn that into a conversation point. Yeah, uh, let's start with the second one um, because we can talk about like the how Hats approaches it and the the as Hats is like pretty unopinionated as a core primitive. So Hats is really focused on creating roles that are able to be managed in a DAO native way. Um, and DAOs so far have been really good at managing tokens. You can send tokens, uh, you can buy tokens, transfer them, create new ones. That's that's kind of like a, a really kind of core fundamental primitive. So hats represent a new category of tokens that are not they're not you know transferable in the typical way as like an ERC twenty or seven twenty one, but they're also not soul bound tokens. We think of them as role bound tokens. There's an admin that is able to uh, mint this token to people, but the person who has it in their wallet is not able to transfer it to someone else. So this is kind of like the fundamental idea of uh, delegation, delegating. If you can, if you can tokenize power or a single permission or a single authority or a single responsibility, and then you can give that to someone, that's that's a really interesting just pr- primitive for organization constructing an organization in and in this case in an on chain way. And like I mentioned with the diagram. Uh, that Spencer originally said there was there's always this concept of accountability and eligibility baked baked right in. So what you get with the hat is uh, in addition to the the admin who creates the token and can mint it and can edit the information about it as long as it's mutable, you can also make them immutable. What you get uh, is also a separate field or an address that you give the power to revoke the hat under certain conditions. So those can be social conditions where we say, well, if this person hasn't contributed to the DAO in three uh, seasons, then we're we're going to revoke their hat. And we're just going to go through a manual process of like cleaning that up at the end of every season. And the DAO will be the address that's plugged into the hat. Or you could send that to a smart contract and say, okay, well, we have this thing where we mint someone a badge or we mint someone a, a contribution NFT for every every piece of work that they do in the DAO. And if someone doesn't get at least, you know, six of those over the last three seasons, then their hat will be automatically revoked. And and that's totally dynamic. Like it will the the hats the hat itself will read that custom smart contract logic that you put into whatever, you know, the contract that you just the wrote to look at those six badges. And it, uh, upon not meeting those conditions, the person will the balance of that hat and that person's wallet will automatically be zero, and that's just one example of you know a way of holding someone accountable to a role. 
you can bring any smart contract logic you want. You can write a custom smart contract that, that looks at any parameters and includes those as the criteria for having a hat or automatically having it revoked. And that's what's so interesting. One of the things that's so interesting about hats is as an organization, as a community, you can decide, okay, here here are the things that we're going to hold people accountable to. Here are the specific on-chain and off-chain requirements that we look at that that are measured in, in kind of holding that accountability. And then it actually happens dynamically on-chain in a way that is capture resistance, just like you know the DAO itself. I love that. So there is the on-chain and off-chain elements to this. And but I'm going to go back to the AI thing because like first I, this is all on-chain. It hats protocol is on-chain, right? These are right. NFTs. These are, you know, you you're transferring hats. You're creating this like tree of roles and permissions. How does how, how, but then you mentioned AI. So how does AI cuz right now it's a lot of like community manager or admin setting things and doing things and so, so I'm wondering, like, why AI and why on-chain? Yep. Or how AI and why on-chain? <laughs> on-chain gets us capture resistance. That's the main answer there. AI, the, the, it's kind of a long, I think it's kind of still a long roadmap to really deeply integrate AI with, with DAOs and with Ethereum broadly or the EVM. You're starting to see stuff like, you know, ZK AI chains and DAOs and people, you know, kind of memeing in that direction. I think it's interesting, but it's just technically, I don't think it's all the way there. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about heterarchy as a core concept to how I think an AI powered uh, manager or, you know, kind of like you could think of it as like an AI CEO, right? Could work. Heterarchy is this concept of a, a set of dynamic hierarchies that are each constructed for a particular purpose and can also kind of like melt down when they're no longer needed. So you can think, you imagine like a slime mold or, uh, you know, a really flexible structure that you can shape in lots of different ways that, uh, you know, for, for each purpose. And, and where I think an AI can work here or, you know, just a, just kind of like a, an, an automated or algorithmic management of an organization is to construct those those dynamic hierarchies of specific roles and give them to the right people and then you know remove them from those people when they're no longer needed or when the 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 goal that that organization that part of the organization was trying to complete is done so you can imagine um instead of having to go through a dao vote where we construct a hats tree and then we you know mint certain hats in that tree to people and then we decide using like a coordinate circle how to compensate people for their work that with sufficient data we could input a goal into a, in, into an interesting ai that would help us to actually you know create recommended versions of the dao proposal and the the hats tree and set of roles and the people who should have them based on their context specific expertise and reputation and dao specific reputation and kind of like do all of the coordination work that's really required in order to get a group of people to achieve a goal that's greater than the sum of you know their parts so like I said, I think AI is not not there yet at the level of integration that we need for Ethereum, but that, that's kind of the long-term 
you know, five, 10 year vision that I think Pat's really plugs into. I'm, I've got so many tabs open based on you dropping hot knowledge. So I'm like, got heterarchy up here. I think one of the things that you said was capture resistance. Does it have to be on chain for capture resistance? Because I mean, like, uh, like with this Web3 messaging stuff, they're, they're on IPFS, right? And so like even just the decentralization of a file system can be capture resistant. Are, are you just saying like ultimate capture resistance needs to be on chain? Yeah, I just put a I put a link in the in our chat here for um, Spencer's piece that he wrote called anti capture. Um, I think it really frames this concept well. It, and this this originally spun out of a, a big group conversation around what makes a DAO a DAO. You know, back in you know late twenty one, early twenty twenty two, we're like, what is what is a DAO really? Okay, is a snapshot plus a multi sig a DAO? Uh, if it's not, why not? And and I think that the and and like, what are we? What are we? Why do we want these things in the first place? And the I guess the 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 easiest way to synthesize that is basically we want to be able to share things. We want to be able to share public goods. We want to be able to share you know, private resources or club goods, whether that's pooling money together to invest in something and reap the rewards, you know, getting together and buying an NFT, you know, ruling over a piece of, of uh, shared real estate or a property. These are all things like sharing is the name of the game. But when we share things for all of human history, there those things have been subject to people stealing them, whether that's external kind of conquerors, rich, you know, rich people who come in and buy it. We call those web whales in Web3, right? Or bad actors from within the system who are kind of trying to gain more power or are more than their fair share of the of the 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 resources that are together. So capture resistance really unlocked for us a solution to the tragedy of the commons and the solution to people kind of like corruption, people trying to steal from the common good. And and that's why that's why I think that's what DAOs are really about, and and why it's so important to get get that right when we talk about what a DAO is trying to do. But it does. But sorry, but on chain or off chain, it does matter. It does. I will read this article. Okay, so it's got to be on chain. I'm sure there are ways to construct capture resistant organizations off chain. Right? There's right. There must be, but. The the zeitgeist seems to be DAOs. I mean, even now, right at the kind of like bear market and especially bear market of DAOs, doing it on chain is kind of within the Ethereum ecosystem, creating fully on-chain organizations, capture resistant power, capture resistant resource sharing is like our way of doing it in this in the network state of Ethereum. Yeah, it, it, totally. And and so one one thing that's come up, especially with pool together, is like this liability issue with governance tokens and holders. And uh, you know, one one holder being could be liable for everything. You know, and so it's just like this whole. So so I I, I am seeing, or at least in my in my um, limited view, I'm seeing like a, a, a balking from token governance. So it's still contribution-based governance, but how do we do that maybe without tokens or how do we do it in a more efficient way rather than like on-chain votes and th- that sort of thing? So I'm wondering, as HATS protocol, are you seeing other ways are uh, you know th- that aren't 
token based that we can do this thing and get the get the get the DAO working, producing, being that mycelium network mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Sorry, let me use the term that you said the uh, the hierarchy that you're talking about. Yeah, nice. There's there are two there's kind of two parts of the of a DAO. There's there's the top level governance surface which we decentralized historically we use a token for that and then there's the there's kind of like the operational structure and the delegation of power to people to get things done and hats is really focused on the latter right so you you have a, a governor dao or you have a Moloch dao or you have a nouns dao and you know you have a, a voting structure at the top level for how are we going to share the set of resources that we have whether that's money or brand or access to software I think that iterating on each of those is really interesting. So when, when where I'm focused on hats is like being able to give someone a leadership position or elect people to a committee and give those people the the kind of access rights and permissions that they need in order to like do great work on behalf of the DAO. I think your question is really pointing at the the, the first category, which is like. Okay, well, if the SEC says uh, it's you know we're it's creating fear that certain token models are inaccessible or or potentially legally risky, and I'm not a lawyer, then uh, you know what other approaches can we take? How can we innovate to new forms of top level uh, governance? And I think you know I think nouns is interesting in this direction. I still think Moloch DAO is like extremely under uh, underrated. Like a, more people should be using Moloch DAOs and and non transferable tokens to represent voting power. But but other than that, I, I would say like it's there's kind of like the there's a KYC angle which kind of sucks, right? Like you can go for for certain reasons, like it's not as a non friendly, but there I think that. People are headed in that direction where you can kind of create a legal entity that is related to the DAO. And then there's like there's people who are just YOLOing it still, which I, you know, as someone who's who's really gone the entity approach, I can't necessarily advocate for. I, I ultimately it's like one of the hardest questions in the space. Like if if every single builder that I talk to is is thinking about this stuff and it takes up a lot of mindshare and it creates fear. Um, so it's to me, it's it's really disappointing because I think it it would be if we had more regulatory clarity, it would actually help us create innovation faster. And I and for me, like especially in the U.S., like that's something that I I thought the U.S. really always prided itself on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so much cool stuff we could do, but it's just at every corner, it's like ah, but let's do that when we have more clarity, maybe. And it's like, but I want to do it now, and we need that now so that we can do other stuff. But I think, I mean, maybe my brain was going somewhere it shouldn't, but I was thinking the HATS protocol could be in that first space of DAO governance specifically because of like with nouns, right? They have like over 50% of nouns have never voted, of nouns holders have never voted or something like something like that. And also like there's a huge push for delegation of those votes. And thinking about like HATS being you know, a way to delegate that as well. Maybe not. I mean, also while you have roles within the DAO and execution of, of the, and, and arriving at a goal, I would also think that, 
you know, what I'm seeing with governance is it's all about delegation, right? Th- those token holders aren't necessarily, they don't have time to vote. Voting's a lot. Also, like, casting vision is a lot. And so what you have with nouns is a bunch of people who, you know, propose things and try to move the brand and try to move the meme and try to move the the project forward. But but it's that distributed vision that that is really handed off to those who are delegated and proposing. I, I don't know. I feel like it's a conundrum there, but I feel like hats also helps in that. But maybe that I'm just giving you scope creep on your product, <laughs> on no, your project. I think you've got it. I, I would say like most shareholders in companies that are on the S&P 500 probably don't vote, right? They're, they're buying shares for, because they think the price is going to go up. It's a form of investment speculation, right? I, I think that, not to draw any parallels to shares, but I think that generally speaking, like people who buy a noun are buying the noun because it's an investment or it's like something where they're hoping to make money. It's a, you know, for them, it's a piece of art that's going to increase in value over time. And to expect them to participate in the DAO is, is probably not the right approach always. Um, I think that there are like, you know, there are forks of nouns where the DAOs are really being used as a coordination mechanism, but in, in order to try to accomplish something, and it's not just an in investment speculation, but I would say like the those the tight coupling of where we started with that with with ERC twenty token DAOs and ERC seven twenty one DAOs, like it is uh, is is it's no surprise to me that most people are not actually voting when governance votes actually come up. One of the main things I think is missing from the space, and, and I know PushDAO is working on this, is just push notifications across the whole ecosystem. Like it's the, as we get into the the application layer of all of the Ethereum, and especially, you know, kind of like the new projects that are coming out, hats included, just creating like much better interactions and hooks and and the ways that you know, all the amazing things we've learned about the development of the internet over the last 20 years needs to be integrated more into the U.S. that we're building now, hopefully without making them like too corporate or too extractive. But the fact that like, it's not, there's not really an easy way for me to get push notifications about like all the multi-sigs that need my, you know, need me to right. that stuff is, is really problematic. Right. Yeah. And I know that like Daylight is trying to solve that with like actions that you need to take and the notifications that they give you. But I think they're they're more uh, focused on minting and airdrops and like those sorts of things. But I, I do. Yeah. Web3 messaging and Web3 notifications are super needed. And I love like, I don't know, I'm just getting so much from, I'm going to go back and re-listen to this just because we're talking about, you know, Moloch DAO and, and um, uh, you know, non-transferable tokens and DAO governance. It's really fun to nerd out. And it's not something working for a DeFi protocol. I'm really focused on growth and, uh, you know, yield sources and wallets and swapping and swapping into smart contracts without the need for liquidity and that sort of thing. And then like, yeah, but like this stuff gets built from DAOs. Like it's so important, this DAO tooling, DAO governance. So I feel, thanks for the the lesson, Ninty Nick. Appreciate it. Of course. So good. Let's make it a little bit more tangible for for pool together. So, yes. you know, if you look at, I, I just I happened to discover a recent proposal that y'all had um, from Tjark or Tjark about the community team. So June nineteenth, you know, kind of posts this, and then it, it goes to a proposal on July first, and and passes with one hundred percent acceptance. Right? There's this basically like 
funding the community team of three people to get work done. This is this it, is which I gotta say I gotta say Tiark is the re, I mean not rarely do things pass with 100 percent on our governance so Tiark that's that's credit to Tiark and all of the hard work of the community team yes please continue amazing and 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 props right that's that's huge so mad props it's a it's this is a fundamental thing that you see in every single DAO hey you know I have a I want this role or I have this role and I want to keep doing this work so give me this job. Give me this, give me certain domain, authority, responsibility, and compensation. And usually there's some accountability, whether that's in the proposal or in the bylaws. But this, you know, this is still like text that is going into an on-chain proposal. It's not like an actual on-chain set of uh, responsibilities. So one of the things that we're really excited for with HATS is that Tajark and Under the Sea and Launcer could could each have a hat that represents their role as a member of the community team. And they could have specific power associated with that hat token. So this proposal would not only, you know, send a certain amount of funds to, to a multi-sig controlled by the team, it would also send those hat tokens to those individuals. And the hat token itself would be connected to multi-sig signing authority, Discord roles, ability to send out maybe uh, certain announcements in Discord or certain announcements via social channels. You know, this is these are all things that are going to be connected on-chain and off-chain authorities to to a given hat. So that that's kind of like the thing that we're actively implementing with DAOs and communities right now, and and, and a lot of them are DeFi protocols or our projects because. That's where a lot of the existing kind of jobs and, and real work to be done is. It's still in Web3. So hopefully, yeah, that makes it like a little bit more concrete, though, the types of things that we're focused on right now. It totally does. Now, how do we know that they did their job, that this these KPIs were met and that sort of thing? Now, those, those include both on-chain and mostly, let's be honest, off-chain actions. Exactly. Yeah, that's a brilliant question, right? So uh, you see... Uh-huh, thank you. <laughs> in the proposal, you see that they have a link to the metric school doc. And um, like, you know, this is it's an off chain, right? Google doc. And you you have as an organization, you have a question of are we going to enforce this manually? Or are we going to enforce it kind of automatically or dynamically? And that goes back to the idea of bringing a, a kind of smart contract logic, uh, as I mentioned before, right? You can say, Hey, you know, this this proposal is for three months of budget. These hats will be for three months and they'll expire at the end of three months unless we renew them. So it's a default off. And then the community votes to extend. And that's your form of accountability. You could have the reverse where you say, well, you know, we're going to this this vote, this hat is indefinite, but we're going to have a social process where we check in every three months and, and we vote to revoke if we think that they're they're not doing a good job. And that that's a lot more capturable because, you know, it's easy. It's a lot harder to, like, say, let's revoke this person's hat because they haven't done a good job. It's just it's just less likely to happen. Um, and then the third way would be. You know, if you had some on-chain representation of these metrics, like if you had an UMA Oracle that was taking the number of Discord members that you had and, and putting that on chain, or um, you were directly looking at the number of token holders that have greater than one pool, and you said, in order for this hat to be retained by these individuals, they that number had on on um, you know, if it was July first, then say 
August, September, October 1st, or the, you know, the last day of September, that if that number of pool holders is not above, you know, the, the increase that they said, say, I, I guess it looks like, you know, eight, something like 8,000, then the hat is automatically revoked. So it's a question of whether you want to be that kind of strict about it. And if you feel like you can, you can really use on-chain data sources to hold people accountable, because who knows about market conditions and all the sorts of things that can happen. And if you want to have some degree of leniency, but, but what we've, what we have is the ability to go as on-chain, as decentralized, as uh, mechanistic as you want. So you could have something that was really, really fully capture resistant and hold people to the the most granular level of accountability and, and, and choose anywhere that you want along the spectrum as well. Is anyone doing that? Is anyone like that cold where they're like, <laughs> shut it off, take the hat away. It's my hat now. Not yet. It's it's kind of, you know, it's one of our it's one of our kind of success criteria to be able to get to a fully mechanistic DAO. So I think of a Bitcoin as a as a fully mechanistic DAO. There's no one who's kind of, you know, being lenient about the way that mining. Ha- Obviously, we can argue about that, but they're on the spectrum of like snapshot and multisig and community vibing in a Telegram chat and kind of like just doing formal votes when funds are needed to move all the way to like, you know, maker for me, very, very mechanistic, like running through, you know, specific protocol changes all in code. You, we want to be able to be anywhere on that spectrum. And just as a fun kind of like throwaway thought experiment, we've, we've often thought about like mercenary DAO, right? Where you, you set up a, you set up a DAO that's NFT gated and uh, at the top level governance surface. So it's like an ERC 721 DAO. And then you create a hats tree and you make all the hats totally mechanistic. So they have these kind of like KPI level revocations. And then you sell the NFTs and people can like buy their way into a, a particular job as a mercenary with the expectation that if they hit the pure mechanistic kind of cold KPIs that they would get the compensation. And if not, that they would they would they would maybe they would maybe lose their hat or maybe lose their NFT or maybe even lose like staked ETH. So it's kind of it's just this thought experiment of like what what if you made like the most ruthless kind of DAO owned corporation that you could and 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 run that as an experiment or as a sort of game to to push the limits of pure mechanistic governance. I mean, I'm already thinking of games. Yeah, like as you said, in, not even if you're paying into it. I mean, but paying into it makes it more fun. But like, yeah, that, there's just so there's ways to gamificate, gamify this. That's pretty cool. But then also, as you're talking, I was thinking, well, of course, like node uptime would be like a thing, right? Yeah. So if like if somebody like didn't re, re, you know, wasn't up 99 percent of the time or something like that, you could revoke because obviously you need they need to be up if they're a node. So that's really exciting. But but. Very cool. How do you get people to adopt? Like, yeah. How do you get these crypto OGs to change their ways and how they've been doing everything thus far? Um, people really, people really feel the pain. You know, you just you you talk. We talk with folks, and they're like, what do, "What's your number one challenge with governance?" And it's like, "Well, you know, it's uh, we we have so many people who want to do stuff, but we don't. We're not clear on who's responsible for what, or you know, actually giving people specific roles to to onboard them. Like once we decide that someone is the leader of the community team, like giving them access to everything is kind of a pain, and then off- offboarding them is a pain. 
so so the need is really there the the process for actually helping people get start using hats what we've learned is that we really needed something at the application layer that helps people get started so we spent a lot of time building out what's now we just we're just releasing v2.1 of our app probably tomorrow it's at app.hatsprotocol.xyz and it's a it's a way to build out a hats tree so really like constructing a set of, you know, the admin, we call it the top hat, and then, you know, levels of child hats below that that have, you know, specific authorities and responsibilities connected with them and then can be minted to however many people you want. You can set the max supply on, on each token. And then, you know, helping people get started with templates and also uh, a service. So we offer like a manual uh, service where we'll build out smart contract code for you. We'll build out hats trees. We'll like dive into your organization and understand like what roles already exist and which roles you want. And that's been, that's been really exciting. Like, you know, cabin has a hats tree. We've been working really closely with maker for a long time. Uh, we've talked with folks from, you know, DAOs, DeFi DAOs and, and other forms of other great DAOs across the, the whole ecosystem. We got a grant from Metacartel. You know, it's, it's, we're really deeply embedded and, and a lot of these people have been our friends for years. So it's, it's their, their thinking is really embedded in hats which is an open source protocol it's it's uh it's fully open source agpl v3 the repo you can you can clone it you can fork it if you want and uh it's it's totally composable so you can build on top of it and um, a lot of the modules and kind of custom code that we're writing is mit licensed and can just be reused by by any DAO. we're like slowly building up the network effect of how easy it is to get started and just learning a lot from from being hands-on working with people who who want to set up these types of hats trees. So that's right. Anybody can go to app.hatsprotocol.xyz and set up your own tree and see how it works. Now, how self-serve is this? Like, because I really love that you're doing the the customization and like the kind of hand-holding because I'm finding, like, especially now in this bear market, it's like, not only is it like you should please use the thing, but it's like, let me help you use the thing and let me help you roll it out to your community in this way. Here are the tweets. Here is the, it's almost, you know, like that's the way to get adoption is like customer service for sure. But anybody can go right now and use this and, and mint your hats and give them to your friends and stuff. stuff. But yeah, w- w- is it fully self-serve? Can I like pop this into Guild, coordinate all that? Um, you can, and we have a great docs site that helps you walk through it, uh, which is just docs.hasprotocol.xyz. It's the the updates that are coming tomorrow are going to be going to take it to another level of self-serve. Um, so right now, I think like just when you first open the app, it doesn't give you a lot of context on what to do, or like you know orient you to specific guides uh, or templates really easily. So it still it still takes a lot of work, and and to that end, we're really happy to help people walk through it. Generally speaking, you do like a thirty minute call with folks and like orient them in the app. But the 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 second level of difficulty is not technical; it's actually an organizational design question. So one really interesting thing that's happened is that people who are governance facilitators or like, you know, the DAO point person or sometimes like a community manager who's responsible for the governance portion of the DAO sits down with us and and looks at what's possible with hats. And they say, oh man, this is awesome. I gotta, I gotta rebuild our whole organization now that I have this in mind. And it's kind of like, 
you know, someone is counting with tallies, uh, you know, they can count to as, you know, as many lines as they can draw in the sand. And then you give them Roman numerals and they're like, oh man, okay, this really helps me with my thinking and, and the types of things I want to do, but I kind of have to rethink some stuff. Um, so a lot of our conversations have been in that kind of domain of organizational design. It's like, how do you, how do you divide up the set of authorities and responsibilities of the DAO and how do you give people power and how do you hold them accountable and, and what are the things, what are the metrics that we're tracking, the ones that we should be tracking and can use for accountability? What do our social processes look like? What do our meta governance processes look like so we can update the update governance and update our hats tree over time? Uh, that's those are really hard problems, and I think I, I'm hopeful that by doing a lot of manual implementation work and then creating case studies and forkable templates, that it will be easier and easier for people to see the types of things that that they could do and make it even easier to just like fork an existing template and and get started distributing hats. So yeah, it's still a long way to go. Yeah, so it's not only it's not only adoption, it's also like you're you're wanting this is crypto, right? You want devs to build with it. It's a protocol. So what about that? Like what about other what are the plans to get other devs to, you know, start using this building on this? Are you going to do the hackathon circuit, the tour? <laughs> We've been doing a very small number of bounties, some with Raid Guild, and uh those have been pretty successful, but Basically, what we're hoping for is is that there, you know, we we kind of think of our our ecosystem that we're building as a precursor to any sort of, you know, DAO or proto DAO that we might do in the future. the The thought is really that there are wearers, you know, the people who are, have hats in their wallets and and are creating hats trees in their DAOs, and there are builders, you know, devs open source integrators, people who are contributing to the protocol or people who are contributing modules to the protocol. And the the everything from from day one has been built in a fundamentally composable, fundamentally module modular and interoperable way. So, you know, on top of the protocol, like where you have those the the way you can add eligibility logic and write your own smart contracts. We're, we have made like examples of those. And then we have an SDK that sits on top of that repo and makes those, makes those eligibility like easy for front-end developers to use. And an SDK, a separate SDK, that's like the module SDK. And then we have the core SDK that makes it easy for people who are building custom front-ends for their DAO to integrate Hats Protocol directly into what they're working on. So de- developers are really a first-class citizen in our ecosystem. And the ways that if you wanted to build something on ads, I would look at the, you know creating eligibility modules that are plugins that like are for accountability and the automated granting of hats under certain conditions, like ERC-20 holdings, ERC-721 holdings, staking. Uh, we just did one with Joke around uh, winning an election. So there's, there's definitely like a lot of extensibility there. And then we've had people like Sobel who've built third-party front ends. Um, so they have something called uh, the Hats Composer, where you can create a whole Hats tree and deploy it in one click. And, and they, they built that totally independent of us and super impressed by that. And then, in, in of course, integrations. So like, you know, Hats are uh, modified ERC-1155, so they work out of the box with token-gating tools like Guild XYZ and Collabland and Lit Protocol. So if you want to integrate it into, you know, your permissions architecture or your app, uh, it's very, very easy to build that out. And in our docs, you'll see like kind of a list of 
15 or so uh, what we call authorities or permissions that that you can already connect via existing integrations. But building more of those those bridges to integrations uh, where you can get real authorities, like uh, signing on a multisig, uh, we did uh, as a custom Zodiac module. That you know, it's a great example of like custom dev work that extends the protocol's functionality and and really you know adds to the open source ecosystem of of uh, what people can do. Yeah, you got to check out the docs, dear listener. These are these are some pretty pristine docs, looking good. Yeah, very nice. Lo- love the use of the emoji. And so I got to know, last question here: What's the future? of hats like what's in the distant future what's the vision like where where are we going where are you headed are you are you going to release beanies are you going to do <laughs> you know like like uh vests next or are you going to do or like you said you like make some cool dows like mercenary dow that sort of thing what are you thinking we did we did beanies for east denver this year so uh maybe Boom. maybe there will be just another special hat for uh for next east denver will definitely be there oh <laughs> Love that. And um, yeah, the long, the really long-term future, uh, we just had a conversation about like, what could a V2 look like last night? So it was a little bit fresh in my mind, but you know, right now hats are, hats are trees. Like you, you create a, create a top hat, which is the root of a tree. And then you can create child hats under there. You can have like up to 14 levels and then you can link trees together. So you can basically have infinite levels until you run out of block space. But there's something about DAOs and swarms and the nature of Web3 as a network. And also, like, you know, one of our co-founders, David David Ehrlichman, is like, wrote the book Impact Networks. Like, we, we really want to lean into the network aspect, the non-hierarchical aspect of, of DAOs. So we're starting to think about a, a graph-based architecture as opposed to a tree-based architecture. And that that really meets my mental model of collective decision-making from from the AI work that I was doing before I got into DAOs. So just just like the a way of creating power delegations and specific roles and admin relationships to those roles and accountability relationships to those roles that looks more like a professional graph is, is kind of something that's coming down the, the long-term pipeline. And of course, you know, that relates to kind of what we talked about earlier, which is uh, an AI managed company. Like it's not really an AI, it's more like a DAO, but it's it's algorithmic. It has a it, it's automated coordination of decentralized work. It, 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 we trust it, we can interrupt it uh, if we need to, but it's it's a way for groups of people to come together and get shit done and be greater than the sum of their parts with while also disintermediating rent-seeking kind of CEOs and managers that we we might not need anymore, and sharing the profits of our of our laborers more fairly and more meritocratically, and helping people find the the work that's the most fulfilling to them and that they're best at, so they can constantly be in the process of you know adding the most value to the organizations that they're a part of and developing themselves as as individuals as part of that process. I love that. Nick, thanks so much for spending time with the Pull Together community on this episode of the Pull Together community podcast. Pumped about Hats Protocol. This is really great. Yeah, you got Discord chat props on the docs from Talisky and uh we'll we'll include these links in the uh podcast description as far as like uh 
uh, your links to your docs and you know maybe maybe a, one of this uh, one of these articles you link to. But thanks for making time for us. This is awesome. It was such a pleasure to come. Thanks for being an amazing host, and I really appreciate your questions. And uh, yeah, for anyone who's listening, um, feel free to hit me up on Twitter or the Hats Protocol Twitter account if you want to talk more about using Hats Protocol or if you have any questions at all. We're really hands-on with supporting people with implementation, questions, bug reports. So yeah, just let us know and uh, party on. Party on. All right. There you go. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, see you, man. Thank you so much. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pool Together Community Podcast. You can visit pooltogether.com to deposit. And we'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode. So visit the Pool Together Discord and let us know.